0: and welcome to All Nine Yards Podcast, a football show that has not been published for a long time. I apologize about that. It's been a while since we've recorded one of these darn episodes, and it's 2021 now. It was November 2020, the last time I released one. Some tests and schoolwork picking up uh, didn't leave me as much time to prepare for one of these as normal, but it's a new year, new work ethic, new me, so you know what that means. We got episodes, or more specifically, we have one episode and another one next week. I can guarantee you that. Another great thing about it being 2021 is now the playoffs can start as per usual. The first week in January is often the first week of the playoffs, but this year, because they added that seventh team in the playoffs, we have a super wild card weekend to look forward to. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and I am here to take you through All six total of those games. Break them down, give you predictions, and give you some matchups to watch. We'll start with the first game, 105, on Saturday. It's the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills, the seven seed in the AFC at the two seed in the AFC. The Bills were 7-point favorites heading into this matchup, and I think that would be a pretty favorable bet to make. Although the Colts did win 4 out of 5 to end their regular season, uh, the team is the seventh seed in the AFC. Um, their rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor, did finish with 1,169 rushing yards, which was third most in the league and the most by a Colts running back since 2005. Fun factoid for you. But the team also struggled to, de- struggled to defeat quality throughout the season. They had one good win over Tennessee, and that's about it. Their third-year deep defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus's 3-4 unit, finished second in the league against the run but was 20th versus the pass. This Colts team is pretty good, but they're going up a form- They're going up against a formidable Buffalo side. Buffalo had their best regular season since 1991, which is the year they went to the Super Bowl, and the first division title since 1995. Their offseason trade for Stephon Diggs obviously worked out well. Diggs led the NFL with 1,535 receiving yards. Obviously, someone had to be thrown on the ball, and Josh Allen really stepped up this season. He's put together an MVP campaign so far. He's thrown for 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns, while also limiting his interceptions to 10, which was a big concern about the Wyoming QB heading into the season. Allen has also found the end zone eight times on the ground, which is second highest of his career. I think this game this game will be a pretty good one. Uh, both teams both teams are strong. The Bills are one of the best teams in the league and honestly are a pretty, uh, pretty strong pick to go to the Super Bowl, and I think that they'll cruise to a victory here. Um, it, will be, it will be exactly seven, so the, uh, the Colts will technically cover the spread, um, but I think the Bills will win 28-21. I'd watch out for Diggs to get two touchdowns. For me, the matchup to watch in this game is actually Allen's, ver- Allen versus the Colts' turnover success. The Colts were fifth in the league this year in terms of defensive turnovers, and in Allen's one and only playoff game last season, he had two crucial fumbles late in the game, including a questionable lateral backwards. I was watching that game. That was a yikes. The second game of Saturday is the Rams versus the Seahawks, an all-NFC West matchup. Seahawks are four and a half point favorites heading into this one, and it's likely to start at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time. If you asked the Rams five weeks ago how they thought they would be doing, I think they would have given you a much different answer than how they think they're going to be doing now. They had a 7-3 start, and then they dropped three games in four weeks. They lost to the 49ers, the Jets, who were winless at the time, and the Seahawks with a division on the line. Last week, however, they did pull out a pretty clutch win over Arizona with a playoff spot on the line, but they faced more questions than answers heading into this one, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, As many of you probably know, Jared Goff had wrist surgery on just December 28th and missed last week versus the Cardinals. So it's a toss-up between whether or not he'll start the game. Sean McVay says he tentatively expects Goff to be ready for Saturday, but really anyone anyone can guess who will be playing quarterback. John Walford, the former AAF man, started in his place last week and, despite struggling early in the game, led Los Angeles to a win. It was pretty bad, though. He went for uh, 231 yards, zero TDs, and a pick. He ran for 56 yards on six attempts as well, which added a dimension that I think not a lot of people were expecting. But the biggest part to me is the Rams' defense. The only reason they're going to win this game is through their defense, which will create a great matchup with Seattle, who have been powerful on offense all season. Seattle were a pretty streaky team during the regular season. They started the, they started the year 5 and 0, then they dropped 3 out of their last, then they dropped 3 of 4 following their bye week, then they finished the season winning 6 of 7 and topping the division. DK Metcalf, I'm sure everyone's seen the memes, had a breakout year going for 1303 yards and 10 touchdowns, team high in both categories. Russell Wilson also had a fantastic season and is certainly in the running for an MVP conversation, is certainly in the running for an MVP trophy. Like I said, if the Rams are to win this game, it will be through their defense. And my matchup to watch is the Seahawks wide receivers, the aforementioned Seahawks wide receivers, versus the Rams corners. Jalen Ramsey is is a model of the quintessential shutdown cornerback in today's NFL. But he will have his hands full, rotating between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who also went for over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns this year. Seattle was the only team in the league this year to actually have two receivers go for over 1,000 yards and 10 scores. Like I said, the Rams defense ranks number one against the pass in the league. They've allowed only 190 yards per game. That's fantastic. And with the way that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks receivers have been playing and the way the Rams defense has been playing, they had a pick six in their last game. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a fantastic game. One of these two things has to give. Either the Rams' defense is going to get exposed or the Seattle receivers are going to get shut down. And I think it's going to be a bit in the middle. I think Seattle's receivers are going to get completely shut down, but I don't know if Goff is going to be healthy. And even if he is, he really tends to struggle against Seattle in his career. So I'm going to give Seattle the edge here, 17-6. to 6. It, won't be any th- it won't be through any fault of the Rams' defense. It'll just be because John Walford can't really lead a playoff team. The Saturday night game is Tampa Bay at Washington. This is set up to be a doozy. This is Tampa's first playoff game since 2007, and they're led by Tommy Terrific, who had 1,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Borderline MVP numbers, and he's certainly in the conversation. Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, Allen, and Mahomes are really the five names to watch out for when the awards are revealed in a a few weeks. In terms of injuries, Tampa Bay is coming into this one a little bit banged up. Devin White, their middle linebacker and top-five pick, will be out for Saturday's game. And Mike Evans, their star wide receiver, hyperextended his knee pretty badly in Week 17 and is listed as questionable for Saturday. Similar to the Goff injury, Bruce Arians and John McVay both have conveyed the same message. We'll wait and see. On Washington's side, they, frankly, you gotta hand it to them. They emerged victorious from the absolute rock fight that is the NFC East behind a strong defense and, a, well, let's be honest, a mediocre offensive unit. However, since taking over as the starter, Alex Smith is 6-2 and two and is averaging 263 yards per game. That's pretty good numbers considering the strength of Washington's running and passing games, but I think that this will really come down to Washington's pass rush versus Tom Brady, the six-time were world champ. Washington averaged nearly 3.3 sacks per game throughout the entire regular season. And, in contests where he was sacked three or more times, Brady has thrown for an average of one touchdown and one interception. The old strategy kind of remains true. If you can get pressure on him with your front four, you can unsettle Brady, and he will struggle against you. So, I'm going to go against the green here. Tampa Bay are eight-point favorites, let me remind you. And I'm going to pick Washington to win this one in a defensive struggle that will end with more field goals than touchdowns. The final score will be 13-9 in favor of a Washington football team. Picking Washington to win there is probably my boldest prediction, but uh, but we shall see with the rest of the episode. We move on to the Sunday games, Ravens versus Titans, the Four seed versus the five seed at 105 on ESPN. The Ravens are three and a half point favorites. These two teams, as many of you know, met last year in the playoffs with the Titans pulling off a spectacular upset over the MVP Lamar Jackson-led Ravens. The Ravens ended the year on a five-game win streak similar to a lot of other teams in the playoffs. And Lamar, however, with that five-game win streak, Lamar only went over 200 passing yards once in, the, in his last five starts of the regular season. In his one game earlier this year versus Tennessee, Jackson he only threw for 186 yards and a touchdown and an interception. He didn't get anything going on the ground. Maybe Tennessee is his kryptonite. On the flip side, Derrick Henry is clearly who the Tennessee offense runs through, pun intended. He's carried the ball 378 times for over 2,000 yards, which is the, if we're over 2,000 yards, specifically 2,027 yards, which is the 8th most all-time in 17 touchdowns. For me, my matchup to watch in this uh, rumble of a, of a game is the Ravens defensive line versus Henry. Like I said, Henry just went for the eighth most yards of all time in a season, and it's no secret that Tennessee will just try to pound the rock with him all game on Sunday. Baltimore's, Baltimore has been a top-five unit versus the run all year, and they made some heavy investment in their defensive line um, over the offseason. And with the potential loss of uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Matthew Judon from the squad over, the, over this coming offseason, I think this is one of the biggest games for them in, in a long time, minus, you know, the Super Bowl. My final prediction is Tennessee 28, Baltimore 24. I think this has a chance to probably be the best wildcard game of the weekend. The 4 o'clock game on Sunday is an NFC matchup, the 7 seed versus the 2 seed. It's the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints, a team that has often struggled with first-round playoff playoff home games. As evident as their struggles might be, the Saints are coming into this game off of the off the back of two strong wins. Alvin Kamara rushed for six touchdowns versus the Vikings, and their passing game handled the Panthers with ease last week. The Bears, on the other hand, are coming into this game actually after a bit of a blowout loss. They got lucky to sneak into the playoffs, but I don't think they will be leaving their game this game up to chance very much. Mitchell Drabisky came back as the starter late in the season, and he's played pretty well. They had a strong game last week against the Packers through three quarters, but their coaching kind of let them down a bit in the fourth quarter, and injuries to key receivers did not help. I think if the Bears are going to have any chance of an upset in this one, it's going to take strong quarterback play and strong coaching from Nat Nagy, two things they have not had in abundance throughout the year. The Saints are heavily favored in this one, and I think that's rightfully so. I do think they'll be a double-digit win here. I think the Saints win 28-17. However... Another maybe fringe upset pick, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears kept this close, just banking on the fact that the Saints tend to struggle in, in home games in the wild card round. The last game of wildcard weekend is possibly the most hectic one. The Cleveland Browns, their first playoff appearance in apparently a thousand years, are going up against the Ben Roethlisberger-led Pittsburgh Steelers, who, as many people know, started the year undefeated and 11-0, but have dropped 4-5. of Normally, that would make the Steelers a strong choice for an upset, but frankly, they're playing the Browns, and I would not pick the Browns in a big game if my life depended on it. However, another bad thing for the Browns going for them this week is their coach and a COVID outbreak. Head coach Kevin Stefanski brought in this year from the Vikings will not be coaching on Sunday because of a COVID outbreak among the Browns' facility and staff members. This is a pretty big spanner in the works for Cleveland, who were looking at this game as the best opportunity to make a statement in a really, really long time. Hopefully, as a, as Cleveland fans, hopefully for Cleveland fans, the team can make it interesting. But I think, I think it'll be a blowout. I think the Steelers win twenty-one to three. I really don't trust Baker Mayfield in big games here. My matchup to watch in this one, though. Is the Steelers' offense versus the Browns' defense. That seems kind of general, but one of the biggest points the Steelers have been struggling with over the last couple weeks is differing from their offensive scheme much too quickly in a game. Uh, their, Their biggest thing that they had going for them throughout the season was their defense was strong and could get them into the lead early in games. Then Pittsburgh would just run the ball and throw slants and cruise to wins. But since their defense came down to the rash of injuries and their linebacking core has been absolutely decimated, they've really struggled to get the lead early in games, putting the pressure on Ben Roethlisberger and the offense to win the game for the squad. That has not really, really worked out so far. The, the offensive play calling seems to, seems to panic a little bit. The Steelers get away from what they're good at in running the ball and throw the ball much too often early in games. That's why they've been losing so much. When they run the ball early in games and set the tone, they tend to get leads at halftime and then cruise. They just need to be smart and safe in this game if they would like to have any chance of winning. The Brown Stevens has been incredibly strong throughout the year and has been one of the biggest points of the team's success. And I will be looking at that pass rush, specifically Miles Garrett, to be trying to get pressure on Ben Rothsberger all night, which is something that, again, teams have proven that works pretty well versus the Steelers, but that the Steelers can cut back on if they just run the ball more. And that is it for this week's episode of All Nine Yards. It's a bit of a short episode this week. I'm sorry, everybody, but next week we have an absolute banger incoming. I'll be revealing my all-pro ballot for the 2020-2021 season, along with a good friend of mine, Caleb Arthur, the host of the Untitled Sports Show. I think it'll be a great episode, so make sure to turn those post notifications on on Spotify. Everybody be safe, wear a mask, socially distance, and I will see you all next time.